Welcome back to episode 83 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another episode on the Road to Draft Day series, looking through my positional rankings ahead of your draft days, which will probably be coming very soon if you haven't done it already. If you missed the last episode, I went through the goalkeepers. Not the most exciting list to go through as most will have a reasonably steady opinion of the goalkeeping class, but worth a listen anyway if you're really not sure who to look at. As mentioned in that previous episode and with all of these lists, if you want to see the full list in front of you, then you need to go to draftfc.co.uk and sign up where you'll be able to see my complete rankings, which are updated pretty much every four or five days at the moment as the transfer news rolls in, um, different injuries, pre-season games, any new information to influence my draft picks. Um, I will feed that back into the rankings every few days. So head over there. You'll be able to do them by position. So goalkeepers right through to forwards or see a complete list for your size of draft league from a two-person all the way up to a 16-person draft league with all 240 players ranked. Also, if you missed the recent series that I did speaking to uh, some of the listeners about their draft leagues, then I would really, really encourage you to go and check those out. There are three of them where I chat with managers about their draft league experiences, and it was interesting to hear their opinions on different things, but also just to see that there are lots of things in common regardless of where you're coming from. So like the goalkeeping podcast before this one, it shouldn't be the longest podcast as I won't be going through the complete list, but let's get into it. So as mentioned in the previous podcast, the impact of five substitutes will definitely hit defenders, and particularly the fullbacks, quite hard. A mid who gets subbed off at 59 minutes loses one or two points, whereas a defender on for a clean sheet will lose four or five points. I'm reasonably sure that the club managers won't be taking FBL managers into account when making their in-game decisions and will naturally try to rest the guys covering the most blades of grass, which in the modern day tends to be central midfielders and wingbacks. The other thing with defenders is where to actually slot them into the overall draft. Some prefer to put virtually no draft capital into their defenders and spend the season streaming those in form or with good upcoming fixtures. Streaming, by the way, means constantly switching players in and out through the waivers or free agency, while others like to have at least two they're investing in for the whole season. Over the past couple of seasons, a clear elite class of defender has emerged in FPL terms, and there isn't really anything controversial about that list. You don't have to get very far down the defender rankings though before you stop considering them as season keepers and instead are looking at what they can provide your team in the short to medium term. So don't be afraid to spend a late draft pick or even two on draft day with just game week one in mind. You've still got to field an 11 you're happy with in that first week and they're likely to be players you'll drop sooner rather than later anyway. So let's start discussing some of the picks. In at number five, I have Reese James, who I think will have another very good season. More minutes should lead to more attacking returns in a setup that will still be heavily reliant on the wingbacks to provide goals. The only reason I don't have him higher is because of the general state of flux in the Chelsea defence. They've added Koulibaly and look to be adding another quality centre-back as well. These guys are not a tested unit and haven't played in the Premier League. And so I wonder if they'll leak the odd goal that pins back the FPL points of the likes of James Chilwell and the others in the long run. If they are able to remain a sound defensive unit with the new personnel, there's no reason James couldn't push TAA or Cancelo for the top spot. In at number 10, uh, I have to talk about Perisic, don't I? The ceiling here is very high. Think Sistine Chapel levels, goals, assists, clean sheets, bonus points, 
mega hauls, the potential is there. How often we see it, though, remains to be seen. As I keep saying, Conte is planning to win now. He's not building for two to three years' time. And Perisic, at 33 years old, is also not here to mess around. He scored eight and assisted seven last year from 35 appearances, having played similar total minutes to Alexander-Arnold. I don't think there's any doubt he's the first choice left wing back, but I also don't think there's much doubt we'll see plenty of Ryan Sessegnon as well. The transfer from Serie A to the Premier League is not always an easy road, but Perisic has been reliably performing in every other top league and on the international stage for years now, and I don't think it will be a huge issue for him. He got his first run out today, recording this on Saturday the 23rd of July, in Spurs pre-season friendly away to Rangers and looked very sharp. At 15, I've got an old favourite of mine, Kieran Trippier. He will play every minute when fit and remains an absolute baller from set pieces and his general crossing ability. We saw it briefly before he got injured last season and it could be a real explosive opening few months from him as he looks to force his way back into the England setup. At 20, I've got Cucurella and now the upside here is that he heads up to Manchester City and gets to run in the team there. If he does make the move, I don't see why he can't get a decent run now that Zinchenko is gone. The only players who could play here are Cancelo, even though he's much better on the right, or Ake, which is obviously not his natural position. So whether Cucurella gets the move or not, whoever City do bring in would get a decent spot in my rankings. Now, speaking of Zinchenko, moving just one place up to 21, he is the next man on my list. He could get a lot of game time at Arsenal, both at left back and also in central midfield, given the constant injury situation there. I don't see why he can't do a better job than Xhaka and will add a lot more winning those advanced positions as we're used to seeing him on international duty for Ukraine. I don't think that we're going to see an explosion of attacking returns this season, but out of all the guys that could break into the higher echelons of defenders, there's no reason Zinchenko can't do it. At 28 and 29, I've got Longley and Davis both competing for the same starting spot. Um, and I'm hedging my rankings here by putting them close together. But I do feel Longley will probably end up getting that spot in the long run. Defensively, Davies has been fine, but has been caught out a few times due to his lack of mobility. Um, the fullback playing in the back three usually becomes the one who could, who's got the freedom to step out into midfield when in possession. But to be honest, we've mainly seen this from Romero on the other side, who does it very capably. And so I don't think Davies has enough to keep his spot, but is a very capable backup moving forwards. At 35, I'm just going to mention Diego Carlos for Aston Villa. I'm not going to say too much about him in this podcast. Instead, I would urge you to head over to the content section of draftfc.co.uk. You don't need to be a member to access those articles. And in one of my latest posts, I highlight five summer signings I like the look of, uh, excluding the big six clubs and all my thoughts on Carlos are nicely laid out there. 37 is a player I like a lot and this player I can't help talking about um, who will probably continue to creep up my rankings, and that's Ibrahima Konate. It felt like the tide was starting to turn at the end of last season between him and Joel Matip, and the fact he was selected over Matip for the Champions League final is a massive nod of approval from Klopp. It seems like he's been there longer than a year, and when we consider last year was probably just his bedding in period, then he should be ready to hit the ground running this season. He's still only 23 and could form a formidable partnership with Van Dijk for many years to come. Number 40 is Nathan Collins, and now similar to Diego Carlos, um, I'd urge you to check out that uh, article on the website for my full thoughts on him. At 48 is Kyle Walker, and as it stands, Cancelo is going to have to play a lot of games on the left, leaving Walker with a much easier run into the City starting eleven. Gone are the days where we can expect many attacking returns, but the most we can hope for now is that he actually plays enough minutes to warrant decent draft capital. 
He hasn't even played half the league minutes for City in the last couple of seasons, so his value will really be determined by who they bring in before the end of the window. But if there aren't many new faces to come in, then his minutes should be even more assured. Down at 51, I've got a couple of the Leicester fullbacks, Castagne and Ricardo Pereira, um, both interesting options and have got a lot to offer, but just haven't really seen it from either of them in the past couple of years. Ricardo Pereira has only regressed since his first season in the Premier League, in which he got 10 attacking returns, but with a more settled team, he should be able to get closer to those numbers again. The biggest thing will be if the two can avoid injuries and keep a consistent run in the team. At 58 is uh, Tarkovsky. Now at Everton, should get many more opportunities from set pieces now at Everton compared to at Burnley. And I wonder if we see him top his current season record of three goals. Down at 64 is Nathan Aki, who has slid down my ranking since his proposed move to Chelsea looks to be called off. His position in the City squad is enhanced slightly now that Zinchenko has left, but I'd be shocked if City don't add another fallback before the window closes and he'll be right back where he was down the pecking order. The rest of the defender list is really nothing to shout about and lots of these could be interchanged with many other players and I wouldn't have too strong an opinion on it. Similarly with goalkeepers, um, it is possible to handcuff defenders, particularly those wingbacks. So if you did draft Perisic, um, you could also take Sessegnon. Um, but given the five substitute rule, there could be games where you're only getting one or two points from both of them, which clearly wouldn't be ideal. If you do find yourself on draft day with one defender still to pick and you're not really sure who to go for, it is worth just having a quick skim over the fixtures for game weeks one and two and deciding on a team you like the look of their fixtures and picking a defender available for them. So that's it for this episode, just a whistle-stop tour through my defender rankings. And as I said before, if you want to see the full list of 80 defenders that I currently have ranked, then just go and head over to draftfc.co.uk and sign up, where you'll be able to see my full rankings. And you'll also have full access to the draft dashboard, which will show you an amalgamation of all the drafts that have happened worldwide so far. It's updated every day. And from that, you'll be able to see how every other manager in the world is valuing certain players. So you can do a full list of how the drafts tend to be going, but if there's a specific player you want to know roughly where they're being taken, you can also search by individual players and you'll be able to see a full chart of all the different places they've been picked in all the drafts in the world with the average and the median pick. If you're reasonably new to Draft FC, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future releases. There will be a few more coming over the next few days, going through the midfielders and forwards, as well as the all-important Game Week 1 preview when the new season kicks off. Also, if you're on Twitter, make sure you head over to there and give us a follow at draft underscore FC. Um, our DMs are always open if you've got any feedback or questions on the site or just a random question about your draft that you want to chat through with someone. So that's it for this episode. Best of luck as you continue to tinker with your own draft rankings. Um, we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, stay sure.